Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Everything is Fine listeners. It's Jen, obviously. Um, and I'm here to introduce uh, what is a special episode we have today. Today, we are releasing from our Patreon vault an interview we did with Christina Kelly back in the fall. In this interview, Christina talks about grappling with Sassy's legacy. She talks about interviewing Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love. She answers a number of listener questions. And the reason we're releasing it today is because we want to bring attention to our Patreon, which we are going to be really ramping up in the fall. In the fall on Patreon, um, if you subscribe... You'll have access to a number of special features, including live virtual events with me and Kim and some special guests, and also exclusive episodes. Particularly, we want to do some listener Q&A episodes and sort of ask us anything. And we also want to bring in some bonus features, maybe some special parts of interviews that we just save for the Patreon. We've been trying to figure out exactly what we want to do there and exactly how we want to bring a real value to sort of our VIP listeners who subscribe. And these are some things we're going to be doing. So if you want to subscribe to our Patreon and get all of this stuff, it is patreon.com backslash everything is fine. And it would be great because it helps really helps support the production of the show, particularly as we are growing our audience and, you know, hopefully getting bigger and better as we go. So thanks for listening to this episode. If you subscribe, thanks for that. And hope you're enjoying this last week of summer. Talk to you soon. Hello and welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. Later on the show, we'll be talking to former Sassy editor, Christina Kelly. But first, Kim, what's up? This is our first Patreon episode. I know, and I'm super excited for it. And I really like this interview with Christina. It was so much fun to do and fun to revisit Sassy Days with her. And it was really also fun to listen to you fangirl out on her. 
Yeah, that was a little embarrassing for me. <laughs> like, honestly, after we we had interviewed Amanda Fortini and Amanda Fortini had told us very specifically, when you're interviewing someone, don't be a sycophant. (laughs) (laughs) I listened to this interview and I was like, Oh God, I really failed on that. (laughs) It's funny. It's funny to interview your heroes, you know? And anyway, she's wonderful and so cool still. And I'm so grateful we got to interview her. Yeah, me too. Um, so we hope you enjoy it. And um, thank you so much for joining the Patreon. We really appreciate it. Yeah. And we'll be doing more things like this. So thanks for being here. Enjoy. Today on the show, we have Christina Kelly. Christina is a writer and an editor. She spent seven years at Sassy as a beloved staff writer and then editor. And she also worked at Us Magazine back when it was a monthly and Jane Magazine, and then was editor-in-chief of YM, L Girl, and Grok Nation. She lives in Montclair, New Jersey with her husband, Entertainment Weekly editor-at-large and Sirius XM radio host Dalton Ross and their two children. And I just have to tell a story I've told before, but I'm gonna tell it again. And that is about how when I was at Sassy with Christina, an article appeared in Spin Magazine that declared Christina the greatest teen journalist of all time. And the article was written by my boyfriend at the time, And I wasn't even mad at him because it was just so true. You couldn't beat Christina. You couldn't compete with her. She was the she was the soul of that magazine, as many people have noted. And we're very happy you're here with us today, Christina. Welcome. Thanks for having me. It's nice to see you, Kim. (laughs) It's nice to see you. We're both a little nervous, I have to say, about doing this episode for for different reasons. Jen, do you want to talk about your your nerves? I mean, I've met you once. I met you once at Lucky and Kim brought you over to my desk and I almost barfed because I was so excited to see you. And I turned like, I've never seen my face turn this level of purple red. Um, because you know, you were, a, you were and are a hero of mine. So of course this is, this is a little nerve wracking, but we're going to get through it. <laughs> I'm really excited to interview you today. Thank you so much. That's so nice. <laughs> also, at, by the, at the end of this interview, just so you know, we have lots of questions from your fans. We announced that we were doing this interview and Everything is Fine listeners had a lot of questions for you. So people love you. <laughs> anyway, I want to talk to the both of you a little bit as a sassy fan, because I'm, I'm just curious who were you to each other in the sassy office? Like, were you get coffee together friends or after work drinks friends, or were you enemies? Like what, what were you? So we have some context here. I, I mean, Kim was one of my really good friends. We always went for, you know, coffee and drinks and um, lunch. I, we sat, we were in cubicles and your Kim's cubicle was right behind mine. At Sassy, our the work and social lives were just like kind of all one big ball. Now, Kim, we got off to a rocky start. <laughs> Kim, you tell that part, okay? Because I don't want to. I was you. well. I was the new girl, and I wouldn't say they necessarily do hazing at Sassy or did hazing, but you were, you know, you were aware that you were the new girl. There were a thousand inside jokes. And like, I remember there was a joke where everybody would go, I saw your father. (laughs) 
which your father, your father was slang for like really cute guy. <laughs> I would be with Christina and Karen getting our like falafel and carrot juice for lunch. And they'd be like, your father was wearing a red and black jacket with torn Levi's. And I was like, what are they talking about? I don't understand. But eventually I, I wasn't the new girl anymore. And Christina and I became very close. And I was, in fact, a bridesmaid at her wedding. I recently apologized because I thought I invited myself to become a bridesmaid at her wedding. But she assured me that's not true. I invited you, of course. <laughs> You know, it's funny just hearing you guys talk about this because I, I mean, I want to hear every palace intrigue story about Sassy. And what's interesting is it's, you know, it's been 30 years and, but it's cultural impact and it's relevance remains. There's, you know, there was a Sassy book. There's actually a new Sassy podcast. And, you know, when I was prepping for the show, I found that there are a dozen, more than a dozen Sassy fan Instagram accounts. And Christina, I mean, by all accounts, you were the soul of Sassy. And I wonder how it feels to have had such a big hand in something that has become still, that remains so big and also appears to have changed so many people's lives. It's crazy to me that people still talk about it and that there are so many personal Instagram accounts about, you know, where they're putting up all the archives and the podcast. And I find it all... I am very ambivalent about all of it because I do think 33 years have gone by. And, you know, if you really put the magazine under a microscope now, a lot of it is going to seem incredibly dated and like vaguely mortifying. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I'm, it's, uh, I don't know if grateful is the right word, but I am, I guess, impressed that um, people still think about it and still care about the magazine so much this many years later. Are there, I mean, looking at, you know, going back to it being mortifying, I mean, are there things that you regret or things that you think now, ah, oh, God, I would, I would have done that so differently. Yeah, I'm sure I would have done a lot differently. A lot of things I, you know, forgot. Well, I was reminded when uh, the book was being written however many years ago that was, the Sassy mm -hmm. Life book, mm -hmm. about certain things that, you know, were mean that I wouldn't say now. I think all of us probably, if we knew that 33 years down the line, it was going to be examined so microscopically, we probably would have been too terrified to write a word, you know? Yeah, so it's good, good we didn't know. Good we didn't know, yeah. But it's funny at the same time, I looked back at a lot of your stories before we started this interview and I, I've been reading a lot of your old profiles and what really strikes me, I've edited a lot of young writers and what really strikes me is just how impeccable you are as a craft, a craftsperson, your leads, your kickers, like everything, your flow. And I just find that so remarkable, um, especially so young. You know, did you have people who were, who influenced you before Sassy or was that just like, oh, this is just like, I know there are writers that are just like, oh, this just comes naturally to me. And uh, I really feel like you were. I totally loved Tama Janowitz so much. Mm -hmm. And I loved like the early details that when Annie Flanders was the editor and it was like a downtown New York magazine and those writers 
that were very sort of like personal and conversational. Like I loved Stephen Sabin, mm-hmm. Jay McInerney. I liked all those vintage contemporary books. I, I wanted to be a novelist and write those types of books. Thank you for complimenting the craft of the articles. I was edited. Jane was like, she made us rewrite things, Kim. I'm sure you remember this like n- numerous times. Yes. And was very specific about what she wanted. Then later, Mary Kay Schilling, who is the executive editor, she was a very hands-on editor as well. Jane really helped me find my voice as a writer, I think. I was there for seven years, and I think my voice developed over those seven years. I would agree with that. I mean, I would agree with that about you and also about me. When did you start? How old were you when when you started that job? I was 26. I was brought in as the third staff writer. They were well into working on the first issue. And Karen Catchpole and Catherine Geisen were were already there, along with Elizabeth Larson, who was Jane's assistant. And um, Andrea Lynette was the receptionist. They were all there already when I came in. Jane was like a, a year younger than me. So I was young. Yeah. And I think about that specifically because, and I'm going to ask you this because I think it's illegal if I don't ask you about the um, Kurt Cobain cover and Courtney Love cover, which, you know, by the way, is like going for $500 upwards of $500 on eBay right now. And I, I've had it framed above every desk I've ever worked at that cover and that magazine. And I took it out of the frame last night and I read the article that you wrote and it's, it's so sad, right? It's just like, they both sound so hopeful and naive. And I've been thinking about you as a 20 something interviewing them in this like troubled moment. And I'm, I'm wondering like, did they sound that way to you then? Not as aware as you might think. I mean, I, I, I wasn't aware uh, about the, you know, that about their addiction at that point. And I was also at the photo shoot, which was at the photographer Michael Levine's loft. I wasn't, I didn't know, I think, I guess Courtney was pregnant then. I didn't know. It was sort of just a snapshot of what I observed at that lunch. I haven't read it in so long. I can't, I honestly don't know exactly what I said, (laughs) to be (laughs) honest. But I, what I remember about it is they were super late and like sitting there in the restaurant and I had, I let my intern come. She wanted to come. Christine Mulkey, and I was sitting there in the restaurant waiting for them for at least an hour. And that after after the lunch, Courtney wanted to go to Urban Outfitters and I went with her and Kurt was going to like rehearse for Saturday Night Live or something like that. That's really what I remember. I don't remember what I what I wrote. I don't remember what I wrote in a lot of these articles. You know, it was so long ago. And my sassies are like sitting in a box in my attic. I haven't looked at them in quite a while. Well, I mean, if you ever, if you need retirement money, I think you could sell them and you'll be like, they're, they're worth a lot of money. Um, no, it's it's more the, the Kurt Cobain thing. He's just talking about being so happy. He's so happy. He's so in love. He feels like you know, that this happiness is going to change his music, that his music is going to be happy. And it, it's obviously in, incredibly heartbreaking, you know, in retrospect. And, and you captured this like snapshot of these people just being really in love and kind of wild and all of it. I mean, the energy that you're talk, remembering even now, it's, it's in the piece. Mm-hmm. 
Is there anyone you'd love to interview now or did years of working in that field just leave you with a whole smoked, whole carton of cigarettes feeling about the genre in general? I would never want to interview another celebrity as long as I live. <laughs> Why? It's so horrible. I hate it so much. It just like the, the negotiations and, you know, only their time is important, not yours. It just doesn't interest me at all. Now, I, you kind of addressed this question a little, but over the years of knowing you, I've sometimes gotten the impression that you're maybe a bit annoyed by all the sassy nostalgia and worship of, of you, as flattering as it is, that it's also a little bit irritating. Would that be accurate? It just, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. I don't know if like I'm irritated by it, but it makes me feel very uncomfortable sometimes. It makes me feel like my best work is behind me a little bit, you know, my way behind me. Like nothing that I've done since 1994 could have any of the same impact as what I did between 1987 and 1994. You just worry about like disappointing people when, because they knew you from the magazine and they had a certain idea about you, which was, we were all sort of characters. It wasn't part, part of it was really who we were, but it was an exaggerated versions of who we were, Cam, wouldn't you say? I would say absolutely. And I remember reading something, somebody somewhere along the line, reading about some intern coming in or reader and saying like, we were all, maybe it was in the sassy book. We were all so intimidated by Christina. She was so cool and you were cool. You were super cool, but you also slept in a four poster bed and had lands of Sweden nightgowns. I do not have lands of Sweden nightgowns. (laughs) Why do I have an image of you in a lands of Sweden nightgown? This must've been something Andrea told me from when you were roommates. No, I did not ever have lens nightgowns, but I'm sorry. I poster bed and I've never been cool in my life. Um, <laughs> I've always been like, I was, you know, always been sort of nerdy. But on the job thing, like best work behind you, I, I do have this theory about like sort of ambition and, you know, work in our careers. And well, first off, I think you only really get, if you're lucky, one great job. Like, I think jobs mostly suck and particularly media sucks, right? You know, we have something to say, we say it, we have a big success. And then everything after that is diminishing returns in a way. Well, it might be diminishing returns for like your readers or your fans, but actually the best job I ever had was when I worked at L Girl and I was the editor in chief there. That was just a better job. You know, I was paid better. I had figured out how to make work, not my entire life, but a fulfilling part of my life. Like at Sassy, we were all paid, you know. Horribly. Horribly low wages. I was hired for $27,000 a year. Me too. No, 25. I was hired for $25,000 a year. Really? Yep. For me, that was a raise from the job I had before that at Footwear News. I don't think, I don't think people realize like what a, kind of shoddy operation Sassy was, not because Sassy was shoddy, but because the owner of the magazine was so cheap. And the workload was like crazy. At one point I was a staff writer, the entertainment editor and a fiction and the fiction editor. And it was a little bit overwhelming, but you can only do that when you're in your twenties, I guess. And you don't have other responsibilities. So I'm not, I'm, I don't mean to say that I didn't enjoy my seven years there. I did, but it was very, you know, it was a lot of work for not a lot of money. Right. Yep. 
we had to buy, we had to, there was no voicemail then. We all had to buy our own answering machines if we wanted to get our phone messages. I mean, I I can't. I forgot about that. Oh, that's, that's right. I can't overstate like how, how much like, you know, we were getting by on our love of the magazine and our love of the readers because there, you know, it was the opposite of Condé Nast. There was not a perk to be found. I never had the perky job. The perkiest job I had, I guess, was the one at El Girl because I got to go to Paris twice a year for the shows and that was fun. But it makes me sad, Christina, that that you can't, I mean, I find, I find that I take a lot of pleasure out of meeting women, you know, accomplished women in their 40s who tell me that Sassy had a life-changing impact on them. And it makes me sad that you don't get pleasure in that. I have a hard time get, having pleasure over a lot of my what I've accomplished and seeing that it was anything good. But that's something I see as a, as a really, you know, unmitigatedly good thing that always makes me happy to hear about. Yeah. Well, maybe that's something I should talk up to my, you know, a therapist that I don't have right now. about. (laughs) I could just be like my Irish Catholic upbringing where, you know, you better not like think too highly of yourself. Don't think of yourself as a big shot. You know, that just wasn't, you weren't allowed to do that. So. Well, I also wonder if it feels detached in some ways because they, you know, it's not that it's not that what the readers saw wasn't really you, but it was definitely like you said, an outsized version. It was a persona. And I wonder if there's something to reckon with there, you know, like, oh, well, that was just a persona I was putting on and you know, that wasn't really me. And, you know, nobody, nobody looked at the work that I, you know, that I did as myself. I don't, I don't know if it's something like that. Yeah. I mean, part of it was a persona and part of it was what I really thought. It's all sort of, it's hard, kind of hard to untangle what was the persona and what was what I really thought, but maybe it was like part of myself that was exaggerated because Jane really had this idea that each of the writers were going to fulfill a certain, you know, persona. How do you feel about all the people who you helped discover, you know, who came through Sassy, people like Spike Jones? Well, I mean, wow, Spike has been so successful. You know, I just am proud of him and happy. I haven't talked to him in decades, probably. I mean, I remember when he used to show up at the office and he was 19 years old. Yeah. And you had to win a date with Spike contest and got him really mad. That's right. He was so mad at me. <laughs> Remember when he like <laughs> took your, wait, what did he do? He like took your camera and put oh, yes. your dresses on and took a picture of himself in your dress or something. Yes. I was in Los Angeles for a story. I was interviewing yeah. Bal- Balthazar Getty uh-huh. and Andrea came with me for the trip. And so when I went to go interview Balthazar, Andrea and Spike like got up to shenanigans and Spike tried on this, I can still remember this vintage floral dress I had, this silk dress. Mm-hmm. I wish I still had it. And he tried it on. And so when I got my film developed, there were all these pictures of Spike in my dress. <laughs> can you guys talk about the Johnny Depp? What happened to Johnny Depp with you guys? Like what, what was the obsession with Johnny Depp? Was he just the, I don't remember like why he was so hot. Well, when I first came to Sassy. I didn't even have a TV and I I was not even like aware of any TV shows, but Jane decided she wanted somebody to be a, an extra on a TV show. So somebody told me that 21 Jump Street was popular with teenagers and I called and they allowed me to go to Vancouver and be an extra on 21 Jump Street. 
that's the first I ever saw or heard of Johnny Depp was on set there. And, you know, what was the obsession with him? I don't know. He was on this teen show. He's very good looking. He was also cool. Yeah, he was a little bit of a bad boy. Yeah. But I clearly remember, like, we wanted him for the cover so much. And I think we finally got that cover because one of our photographers, Henny Garfunkel, was friendly with him through John Waters. Yeah. And he and Winona, I went on that cover shoot in L.A. We sat in the studio for like six or seven hours waiting for them to show up. And then he finally showed up and Henny was like, you know, Johnny, that wasn't cool. And he's like, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. And then she like took some awesome pictures of him and they left. I remember us saying like, we're, if we ever get him for the cover, we're not putting any cover lines on it. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And we didn't. There were no cover lines on that cover, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think that cover sold very well. No, I think that in general, cover lines help a magazine sell. (laughs) Even though it was Johnny Depp and I think it just, it was black and white and... Yep. Yeah. We got a little arty. Yeah. And now let's take a quick break for some ads. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin. And I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. 
I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry leading sustainability standards. You know, I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Ah. Okay. So you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. And we're back. How does having teenagers now, that experience of raising them, cast any of the work you did at Sassy in a different light? Is there anything you regret in retrospect? I don't know, not in terms of having teenagers. Um, what's funny is Violet and I have gotten into like some arguments about feminism. Like she thinks I'm a hopelessly old fashioned feminist. <laughs> and that her feminism is modern and that she's more of a feminist than I am. She has not like, I mean, partially because they're in the attic and not accessible, but she has not shown any interest in Sassy. Whereas Marjorie Engel, who we worked with and has teens, says her daughters have been very interested. And one of her daughters was actually in like a, a band that did a lot of Riot Girl covers. But I don't, I don't, I can't say that I regret anything that we did in terms of having teenagers. It's so, what I think about is how much more innocent the magazine was, even though it seemed so controversial at the time, mm -hmm. than whatever is available to teenagers now at, you know, the tips of their fingers, you know, that parents would get upset about something and sassy, those same parents, you know, would probably have a heart attack if they could see what their kids, you know, what teenagers can see now. I want to talk about middle age, which we are, which we are all in. Has there, has there been anything that has surprised you about middle age? I'm actually moving out of middle age now. I'm going to turn 60 this year and that doesn't really feel like middle age anymore. That feels like you're getting into old age, which is so weird to think about. I am definitely feeling weird about my proximity to 60. Yeah. I mean, my aunt one time said to me, and she is in her 70s, that you feel the same inside as you always did. You know, no matter what your age, you still feel like you're the same person inside. So mm -hmm. it's maybe a little startling to look in the mirror and see that you don't look the same as you always did, you know. I mean, having, I have a 20 year old son and an 18 year old daughter. And, you know, I don't know. I don't really think a lot about myself, my aging as much as, oh my God, my kid is 20. He's right. an adult. My daughter just turned 18. You know, she's an adult. That's so crazy. They're not little babies anymore. Jen, should we move on to some fan questions? Yes. So this is from Pam and Tara of the Listen to Sassy podcast, which I don't know if you've seen it, Christina. They are going issue by issue. It's, oh my God, it's horribly mortifying. I've listened to all of it. <laughs> oh no. 
<laughs> they, do, they do three hour long episodes per issue. And then they did a bonus <laughs> half hour episode for, all for the first I- issue. I was dying. Oh my yet, God. I couldn't turn away. Um, yes. Anyway, what's your question? Well, they have questions for you. <laughs> so here, here's the first one. Um, do you ever think about the legacy of writers you inspired by being open, honest, and kind to your subjects and readers? Well, that's nice. Um, n- no. <laughs> okay. That's okay. It's okay. We're going to do these fast. We're going to do these fast. Okay. What sassy tip or fact do you still use today? One that what sassy tip or fact like kim france pants oh well yes absolutely kim france pants (laughs) i still think you should market those do you know what those are jennifer those are are those like the little shorts you were under a skirt yes yes thank you she cut off her tights and wore them under so if your dress blew up when you're walking down the street you would be covered that is absolutely the best thing I've taken away from Sassy. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, it, I, I can't tell you how many women have mentioned Kim France pants to me. It's crazy. Of all the things to remember. Did Andrea, Andrea name I mean, them? They're just bike shorts, right? They're bike yeah, shorts. Yeah, bike shorts. Right? And Andrea named them Kim France pants. Yes, I believe that was Andrea. But they're also environmentally friendly because what you would do is you would take a, a runs pair and one that you might throw away and you would cut it off. But they were very wise. Yes. Frugal even. Okay, here's another question from them. Thank you for your wonderful ode to better things on your blog. What else would you recommend watching or reading for the feeling of, yes, this is what it's like. This is what it feels like. You get me. I love better things so much. You guys watch it. Yes. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I love her so much. Yeah, she's a dream guest of ours. Oh, that would be so cool if you could have her. See, that's the thing. The whole point of my piece was there isn't a lot for women in their 50s that like feels like that's, you know, there isn't a lot of TV created by women in their 50s for women in their 50s. I can't really think of something else. It's so perfect, that show the tone of it and just like all the things that, you know, we go through, like. Even just the faces of the actresses that she casts, you know, they're all women in their fifties like her and they look like women in their fifties. And it's like, wow, you really don't see a whole hell of a lot of that. And also menopause, Mm -hmm. which I, now that I'm like beginning this stage, I can't believe this isn't all we talk about. Like it is fucking horrible. I can't believe that we aren't talking about this constantly because it is a, it is a physical for me at least has been a physical nightmare. And I love that she's working on a um, like an art piece about menopause throughout the show. I think throughout this last season at least. What is some other stuff that's speaking to you? Ted Lasso. Did you watch that? I have watched it. It's pretty. It's got a big heart. Yeah, I find that in this like horrible year that we've all had and I really gravitate toward things that are sort of soothing. So I am enjoying a lot of wholesome content. (laughs) Like 
All Creatures Great and Small, I watched that. Violet likes to watch the Great British Baking Show, so I've been watching that with her. And I discovered and sort of gobbled up Anne with an E, which was, it's on Netflix. It's based on Anne of Green Gables. And it was, won a lot of awards in Canada. It aired from like 2017 to 2019. And I just finished reading yesterday, Writers and Lovers by Lily King, the novel. It came out in 2020. Mm-hmm. It was really, really good. And I like Sally Rooney's books. Not wholesome, but enjoyable. And um, I watched the television version of, of Normal People, which was one of her books also, which I thought was really good. I found it so slow. I had, I, I mean, it, it. it could just be, everybody loved it, but me. I, Dalton thought it was slow too. I like things that are slow. And having read the book already might've made it, me like it more than, you know, if I hadn't read the book, maybe. I just felt like it was horny. I felt like it was horny in a way that like, I remember being horny and I really enjoyed having that feeling of being like young and, and horny almost in a wholesome way. Like there was a purity to it, you know? I I mean, and Kim, we've had a discussion about this that you thought the sex was boring. (laughs) You know, I don't remember the book being as like there being, I remember the sex being more implied in the book. Yeah, you are right in that. And, but I'm glad that they gave it to us in the show because Uh I thought they were both very beautiful and fun to watch having sex, frankly. Somebody else wanted to know about Chia Pet. (laughs) an everything is fine listener wanted to know about chia pet the sassy band which i remember starting kind of as a joke but then getting kind of serious when it was featured in like melody maker and things well it was started on a dare i was talking to um this guy calvin johnson who ran this indie label and i guess still runs it called k records out of olympia i just sort of off the cuff said, oh, don't you think Chia Pet would be a good name for a band? And he said, yes, and you should start a band named Chia Pet. And I was like, oh, I don't have any musical talent. And he said, well, that never stopped me. So then he called me not long after that and said he had booked a show for me at Bard College opening up for them (laughs) and that I should put together a band. So, you know, yes, it started as sort of a joke kind of thing. And I just grabbed some people who were willing to do it. I was at dinner with Evan Dando from the Lemonheads and his publicist. And she, I think, mentioned it to Evan. And then he said, oh, well, you have to open up for us at, at CBGB's, which was the previous night. So we we did that show also. And then I guess I got sort of serious about my lyrics and even though I can't sing to save my life. And then somehow it just like snowballed, like uh, we, uh, this record label came and put out a single for us, a small record label. And people liked the single and it did get um, single of the week and Melody Maker and NME the same week, which was fun. Yeah, Everett True, that was the name of the writer who championed Chia Pet, I think. Yes, it was. That's right. Christina, thank you so much. This has been really great. Okay, thank you. I hope it wasn't too tortuous for you. Uh, no, it was not. I enjoyed speaking to you guys. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Thanks for listening to Everything is Fine. We are your hosts. I'm Jen Romolini. And I'm Kim France. Our producer is Natalie Rivera. If you like the show, be sure to rate it and review it on all the platforms. 
You can follow the show's Instagram at EIF podcast, email us at everything is fine. The podcast at Gmail, and you can find Kim on her blog, girls of a certain age.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.